0: I'm Anna's Hope, and I'm Justin, and And this is is Comicsverse. Today, on our third segment of uh, Comics Leading Ladies, we'll be talking about Batgirl. Today, we have with me uh, Steve. Hey, what's up, guys? Travis. Hey, how's it going? And Fabio. Hey man, how's it going? On? And we'll mostly be focusing on the new Fifty Two uh, edition of Batgirl, and, and especially on the, the most recent updated uh, version of her. Just for the record, we'll mention that Justin, Kathy, and Anatole are not in this podcast, uh, and they would wish to, they'd love to be here, but uh, other things are bound. So
1: yeah, it'll be funny when we ruin everything. It, and it will send them be. The finished so product. Th- this will be. We can
0: call this our Yolo podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. We'll be great. Um, Batgirl sh- hashtag yes, Yolo. Batgirl, which which. Is kind of my point, but anyways. (laughs) Travis, if you could give us an introduction on Batgirl, the character as a whole.
2: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, As Josh said, we're focusing on the Batgirl of the New 52, which was Barbara Gordon. At the start of the New 52, they brought her back and put her back in the Batgirl costume. Uh, Before that, she had been Batgirl at the start of her career and went kind of rogue on her own a little bit. Um, And then Batman eventually took her under his wing, and after so long, she... Uh, retired from being Batgirl, and at this point was uh, a really bad year for Batman, where uh, death in the family occurred at the same time uh, as The Killing Joke came out, and he lost not one, but two of his uh, close sidekicks uh, with the death of Jason Todd and the paralyzation from the waist down of Barbara Gordon uh, being shot by the Joker. Um, So... In the New 52, they kept that part of the continuity, but whereas in Batman's past up to the New 52, she had taken on the role of Oracle um, being more of Batman's eyes and ears and watching over him, um, now she has uh, gotten a, a... Uh, trial surgery, something that um, hasn't been approved yet, is still uh, trying to be tested um, in South Africa, which actually healed her paralysis, and now she's testing herself and trying to get back out there in the night as Batgirl, um, fighting new foes and adversaries, because this was her own title. Um, So she wasn't really fighting Batman villains anymore, she had her own rogues gallery. Steve, or Fabio,
0: anything you guys want to add to that?
1: Um, Yeah, just as a bit of a background, I guess also to
2: just give the history, since we're uh,
1: summing up, um, as the new 52 Dawn, we uh, got back to, you know, Barbara Gordon being Batgirl again from her position as Oracle, um, where she's, you know, back on the streets and everything. And it was a um, a sort of more traditional, but still very different um, Batgirl. And at a uh, pen by Gail Simone, done an excellent job um, you know, with a brief interruption, but it was almost entirely her throughout right. the run. Um, and when we, you know, some would say the definitive Batgirl writer. Now, as we, um, in more recent times, and this caused a, a very, very large fan reaction and is, I, 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 I'm assuming going to wind up being sort of the center of our discussion today, um, was the recent revamp in issue 35 by uh, Brendan Fletcher and Babs Tarr, which was a completely redesigned Batgirl, relocated, new costume, basically new everything and a completely different feel to what we'd seen, not only with Batgirl before, but with a lot of the, um sort of continuity of the new 52, a lot of it being somewhat uh, similar and cohesive, this being a a, a very noticeable outlier, which raised a lot of fan reaction, a lot of positive fan reaction, uh, more so, and, um, you know, a couple issues here and there which also we'll address.
0: Right. Uh, So the first thing I want to talk about is what you guys think of just Barbara Gordon being able to now walk uh, being able to regain her position as a bad girl like, what do you think? You know, a lot of uh, a lot of things have been said about, you know, Gail Simone wanted this to be relatable for soldiers and cop because she she's dealing with the issues of PTSD. Um, she's, uh, you know, she's getting over this traumatic injury, and you can tell she doubts herself when you know when she gets shot at when they're shot. She uh, she panics. So, what do you guys think about that?
2: I'm, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs>
0: Uh, the question was just what do you guys think about Barbara Gordon's evident post-traumatic disorder in related in relation to her shooting but also now that in fact she can she can move, she can react uh, she can walk again like, what do you think about?
2: Oh, well, that's actually one of the things that I think uh, Gail Simone did the best with the early issues of Batgirl is tackling that whole issue. You know, keeping that part of Batgirl's history in the continuity was so crucial to this character and gave her so much to work with. You know, now Batgirl is no longer the strong, independent woman that Barbara Gordon was in the uh, the previous uh iterations of Batgirl. I mean, she still retained that strength, and she still retained that independent, but now she's also got a weakness to her, which she never really had before that. Now she's got this uh, doubt in herself that she never had. So now, you know, there's moments where she freezes up at the sight of a gun, being aimed close to where she uh, was shot earlier on um, by the Joker, and she completely freezes up and allows somebody to die. You know, that's something that Batgirl would have never done if they had not kept that whole paralysis and recovery in the continuity. She's also suffering from quite a lot of uh, survivor's guilt, so she's questioning whether or not she even deserves to have this second chance, and I think that adds a lot more depth to Batgirl and Barbara Gordon as a character than there really ever was up until that point. I mean, as Oracle, she did have to deal with the whole paralysis thing, and we saw a lot of strength as she overcame that struggle, but I think that we're now seeing a whole new slew of issues that, because of keeping that whole thing in the continuity we get to play with we get to see um barbara gordon overcoming and i think to me that makes the new 52 batgirl a stronger character than i've seen her in the past i'm gonna disagree with you 100
1: and not in a uh, disrespectful way but i disagree i actually think that um And this is going to be, you know, at at least partially, I'll I'll own up to it. This is at least going to partially be, um, motivated by nostalgia for how the character was in the past. Um, I I do like a lot what was done with the character in, in the new 52 and having to overcome those issues. But I really think personally that not only was she a stronger character when she was, um, you know, when she was in her wheelchair, when she was Oracle, as you had mentioned, I think that, um, that strength showed her overcoming, um, the problem in a way that this regressed her. I actually don't think it was a, a development of her character or a positive part of her character. I see it as a regression because this is something she dealt with immediately every day while she was in that wheelchair. Uh, the fact that now she can, you know, walk again and can patrol the streets again and all that but is bothered by it more now after it was fixed than before while she was so well portrayed and it's not like I'm insulting a particular writer here like Gail Simone has written both sides. I honestly think that the character was more complete in that regard in terms of the PTSD element back when she was Oracle personally.
2: Well, I think uh, you you touched on a very important point there with the idea that uh, the character regressed a little bit at the beginning of the new 52 and I I would have to agree, you know, the Oracle always gave me a a very in-control woman type of feeling, whereas the back girl we're seeing here has a feeling that's more of like a college student, And, and you know, she is no longer a college student, she has her degree, but at the same time you're right, there is sort of an immaturity to the character that I think carries through, and maybe it's because of that that, I mean, I know the age she's Supposed to be, but it doesn't seem like she really acts that age. It's easy oh, to they, see they this messed
1: up with ages all over the place with continuity. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and so. how she is now.
2: it's really easy to feel like this character it would be like the Barbara Gordon or Batgirl that he started out as, where she was in you know high school when she was first beginning to fight crime, and that that actually is more of the feeling that I get from this character than a young woman post college graduate who is now you know trying to start her own life in this world, you know, and and that's what she's doing. She's getting a new roommate. She's moving out of dad house she's starting on those steps towards adulthood but something about the character i don't know what it is i don't know if it's the character design if it's the art or if it the way the character is written but there's something about the character that feels a lot more juvenile to me than that young
0: adult woman but do you feel it's a regression as oracle or maybe it a revamp like just a new character right
1: oh well no they kept it in her i mean okay so this is how they how the the more specifics of it they kept it in her character that she was um shot and paralyzed in the killing joke they did not keep in the continuity that she was oracle right they just completely erased that so it's more understandable that now you know where we had all this history of the pre-52 pre-new 52 character where she had come to terms with it in oracle this is sort of obviously not the same story but she's at the same point in her life where she hasn't yet come to terms with it and in this story we're seeing her comes to terms with it while being batgirl whereas in pre pre new 52 we saw her coming to terms with it while being oracle and i thought that the character was much better for it i thought it was a a better story um, and better setting for her to deal with that while she was oracle but in in a certain sense it's it's um beneficial in that you can see it from both sides. You know, you get to see her coming to terms with her PTSD as Batgirl rather than as Oracle. So you get to see both views. Like, it's kind of like a what if,
2: you know? It's important to keep in mind, too, that she has like 10... Actually, there's there's more than that. Like, there's almost like twenty years of history with her as Oracle. She had a lot of time to grow as that Oracle character. Uh, and I mean, even with the most recent Batgirl issues, where they did revamp the character and redesign and go with a new artist and writer and all that, that's still only four or five years into the continuity of this new Batgirl. Um, so that Oracle had a lot of time to grow, a lot of time to mature. And I think that because of all that, you know, there there had to be a natural regression to this character when they're re booting and rewinding the new 52 Uh, i mean even batman here we're seeing it it, somehow he's only like six years older than nightwing (laughs) but adopted him or something (laughs) it's you know the age factor is a very strange thing in the new 52 and with batgirl it gets very shaky for me
1: i love that they've admitted it too with this new this these this slew of new titles they're releasing they said you know Continuity is not key as much. We're just gonna focus on telling really good stories. It's like, so you're admitting that you kind of dropped the ball on continuity, then, huh?
3: Pretty much, yeah. Because I don't know how like, like all the he went through like what five Robins in five years. So I was like,
1: oh, oh Robin yeah, here.
3: that's ridiculous. Yeah, it was funny.
1: <laughs> More than anything, it was funny. But uh, that that sort of cuts to the heart of it. I think is that you know I I like that we have the opportunity to see um, both sides of how Barbara deals with this. This horrible event. Um, I just thought it was, and you know, obviously, again, like Travis said, we had more time with Oracle, but I thought it was better handled in that context than this one.
0: One uh, of the other things in, you kind of mentioned to Travis I wanted to ask about was what did you think about uh, her costume and the art in general of uh, Batgirl, in, in, especially in comparison, and we'll talk about the especially the new one uh, after issue 35 in a second, but just in general in comparison to the older, uh, Batgirls cuz i know Cassandra Kane had more of a just sleeker black outfit I believe mm-hmm. and so what do you guys think about that
2: Um well if we're talking about Batgirl compared to Cassandra Kane I mean I love the Cassandra Kane costume it gave her a very like cool assassin ninja kind of feel and it it really fit her background as a, a daughter of one of the League of Assassins two two members of the League of Assassins yeah. um but so, so I really did enjoy that costume. However, this Batgirl costume is really reminiscent for me of her earlier Batgirl costumes from way back in the uh, '80s and you know before that. Um, for me, I think the more important comparison is actually between the art in the early Batgirl versus the more recent. And for me, I, I definitely enjoyed the earlier art a bit better. I mean, it was very much sticking to the DC formula in terms of art for the new 52. Everything seemed to have the same kind of feeling to it. And with Batgirl 35 and on, you go through the art, and it, I mean, the art and the writing and, you know, the scenery and all that has very much more of like an Archie Comics kind of feel to it than anything up to that point did. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, it's just a very strong deviation from you know the 34 issues leading up to that point point. Um, and i mean it's a good way to make a name for yourself and strike yourself as different you know you're you are the same character you're keeping a lot of the same ideas but at the same time you as you know a team of artists are your own thing you are putting together your own product and telling your own story. It's a good way to differentiate yourself. It's just such a striking difference for me that it was a little alarming and kind of disheartening when I started to read that because I enjoyed having that similar art style in all the titles. And this was not just a deviation from its own title, but a deviation from sort of the whole style that dc had going on at that point
3: i think it was like trying so hard to be like different but it, it did in a good way because i like as much as i liked the original Batgirl costume from issues 34 it did remind me of that of, of her earlier costumes but at the same time they wanted to try the whole point new 52 was that they wanted to be more modern so with this new telling of that uh, girl the revamp it does look more modern like you can see it's like a jacket that she's wearing and so i see i can see someone wearing that
2: Oh, yeah, the costume itself is great. Um, I, I actually really liked the the costume redesign itself. It was the art style that really kind of bugged me. Uh, but the costume itself, was it, it looked more practical. It looked more realistic. Like, looking at the new costume design when they first revealed images online, I was like, you know what, that's something that if Batgirl were a person in the real world, that's something I could see this girl wearing.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to sort of be the, the outlier again, I guess. Um, I I loved absolutely loved the art issue 35 and on i guess we'll get to that later but um we can can get to that now okay sure yeah yeah. i mean because it is sort of a contrast like you know that's sort of the point that we've all been bringing up it's quite a contrast and um i think the same i think the same reason that uh you travis liked the art in batgirls issue one through 34 were uh the reasons that i disliked it and it's not a fault of the artist like the artist is great but to me especially if you're trying to do the, a, a new, a revamp, the new 52, and add some variety and some difference to your book, like you were saying, Fabio, mm. I think the exact wrong way to go about that is making a cohesive, uh, you know, what's been called the DC art style, you know, or DC house style, you know. I don't, I, I think keeping everything cohesive in the same kind of art is so limiting and it's not even a f- that's the problem with it is that it's not even a fault of the artist i don't dislike the artist i just dislike that they decided to have this artist right draw this book when there was a bunch of other artists drawing in a really similar style just right next door um i think that's kind of boring honestly and it's not that his art or her art is boring it's that it's the same as everyone else's I don't, I don't think that cohesion is, is a detriment, personally.
2: No, and I can see that point. Um, I just know that, like, I personally, when I'm, I'm reading Batman comics, you know, it, it helps me feel that there's a cohesion between the titles, you know, and, and seeing. The art of Dustin Nguyen, which is awesome, but it's a very much more animated style than seeing the art of, like, uh, Jim Lee, you know, which is also very different from that sort of blocky style that you have from Tim Sale with a lot of shadow and a lot of firm lines, you know, and, it you know, I love all the different art styles, but... One of the great things to me about The New 52 was that I could go from one title to the next to the next, and just having that similar house style did for me make the whole universe feel like, yes, this is all happening in the same place, where earlier titles before The New 52, even though all of this stuff was still canon to Batman, you know, I I just read The Black Glove and now I'm switching over to Heart of Hush, which two different artists, two completely different styles, but all with canon events that did happen to Batman at that point in time. Um, So for me, the art style, I think I I enjoyed the unification because it kind of brought the whole universe together. And that's why the new art style with Batgirl kind of disappointed me because it was so deviant from everything up to that point that it didn't just deviate from itself, but it deviated to the entire DC New 52 universe. Um, And I mean, what that means going forward is not really a whole lot because everything looks to be a, its own thing going forward at this point, um, which, you know, is is a good thing and a bad thing, I think. I, I, for one, enjoyed the new 52 and having a solid, united universe among all the different titles. I thought that was a really cool uh, thing for them to do. I,
0: I totally agree with you, Travis, and not even so much about continuity c- because that's immersion as far as the universe is concerned. I guess the fans of the general 52 universe do want that, but... Just as a whole, I liked the art style of the first like thirty-four issues. Uh, it was gritty, right at a time when it needed to be, like because it was pretty violent. She she there was a lot of blood and and bullets flying around. In that sense, I mean gritty. Uh, and I thought the art portrayed it pretty well. Whereas the new one, it's just I mean the art is just one of the many problems I have with it. But it, it it looks to me it's one. It's just like it feels like I'm reading like a, a, a newspaper cartoon and. Like it just doesn't. I don't know. This isn't like the wor- the world of Batman that I want.
1: Yeah, I mean, let me counter why I like it then, since you guys seem right, to yeah. be agreeing. Yeah. Um, I like I said, since I had a had thought that it was sort of this the the amount of sameness was what was was really bothering me. I think the fact that uh, Barbara Gordon is drawn so vastly differently, instead of being, um, you know, disjointed as it seems to have affected you, Travis. I I see it as um liberating and brilliant i see it as look all of these characters are so different and can do such different things why not draw them as such why do they have to all be drawn in a similar style i think it's so limiting of what you can do with a character through a visual medium like comics where you know the character's personality can show through how you draw the character and what they see and their costume and everything it's so limiting to make everything the same and i think breaking out so dramatically like that was, first of all, absolutely brilliant, and second of all, wound up being the right choice, because if you look at DC's more recent announcements into how they're directing their company after failing sales, not failing sales, but lowering sales, is that they're now injecting in an element of so much variety and releasing like a bunch of new titles that are all super unique in story and in art and in everything. I'm sorry, I, I understand exactly why you guys think what you do, and I give a lot of credit to it, but I think that DC's changes and what they've been doing kind of proves that it wasn't a great plan.
0: I actually agree with you, Steve. It's, it's, my problem is that I don't like this particular art style. Right, yeah, no, I that's okay. That. You don't have you to know, like it, but, it,
3: uh, it is, but what he's saying is good that they are trying no, to diversify and I, and I
0: completely agree that they should diversify because I saw an X, I saw the X-Men in uh, manga. It was an anime, uh, anime yeah. X-Men. Yeah. And yeah. it was amazing. The, like, <laughs> the, they looked amazing as manga characters. And like, so I definitely agree that they can go, and that's why I say the immersion to me doesn't really matter. It's just that this particular one was just so out there. The, I, don't know, I like the co- the costumes alright actually I don't mind the costume it's just her face in general like everyone in gen- just don't know that world doesn't
1: I get it if that's not your style yeah, that's not yeah. your style it doesn't have to
0: be See, but and I and agree that- with your point though.
2: And that's kind of my same uh, same thing here is I feel like the, the art style itself is something I'm not too fond of. Like I said, it feels like an Archie comics kind of thing, which doesn't seem to fit for me in the superhero kind of genre. Um, and I definitely agree that uh, diversifying their art style, their storytelling methods is a great move for DC. And I think this was actually one of the first steps towards that um, because, you know, the redesign of Batgirl was huge news when this issue started coming out. You know, people were picking it up. And I think that kind of rung a bell for DC that like, all right, you know, we've been doing this whole formula we've been doing this one universe but let's face it this one universe has only really attracted one audience. You know, you're limiting yourself to the child audience because everything in the New 52 was very gritty. It was very violent. And, you know, they're always struggling to get a female audience, but looking back through the New 52, even the female-led titles, with Batgirl and Batwoman being, like, a pretty major exception, and, I mean, even with it, uh, Batgirl and uh, Batwoman, I still feel like they over-sexualized a lot of the female characters. Starfire in the New 52 pretty much exists to have sex with, with Red Hood and the Outlaws in that title, yeah, and nice. like, so it's just like they do need to diversify for the sake of their audience. They need to bring in strong female characters that don't require being sexualized to sell to a, a male audience. Right. They're they're, right. they're catering to one gaze, is what I'm saying. And this new Batgirl animation, I think, is a lot more like you said. It feels like a cartoon, and I think it brings in a childhood audience or a, a younger audience but at the very least, I, which I, I, don't I think is a good
0: necessarily. Move. I mean that might be true about the childhood i don't necessarily agree with that that only kids would enjoy that art because i can see people can enjoy that art but
2: i'm not saying only kids but right, like it, you know it, it allows a, I mean, a younger audience to come point, in that the new 52 the, didn't part up to of that the point problem
0: to me is and we'll talk about the plot of this later but one of the my favorite plot arcs of the uh, the gail simone girl was when she fought the joker right and i just felt like just the the art like on the joker first of all that was just a way more important issue and we'll talk about that later but that's a bigger problem than anything in the new one but the Joker looked really terrifying. He had like this crazy, like patched-up face. Yeah. He was, you know, and it, it was—I just felt like it was really well done. So, in comparison, when you and then you switch to this, it's like, hmm.
2: But that's again part of the universe. I mean, that whole Joker thing—you know, his his crazy look, his face removal—that happened in Detective Comics and right, carried right. over into the whole continuity. So that's a universe thing, not necessarily a title thing. Um. But, I I mean, I did, for one, love the redesign of the Joker with the new 52. I love the progress they've been making with that character, but... That was another thing that limited their audience. I remember uh, showing one of my students who was like eleven or twelve at the time, like, "Oh my god, you see what they've done to the Joker? You know, he cut off his face. He's wearing it as a mask." Yeah, and I, I showed mean, him a picture, and the kid was like, "That's I don't want to read that book. Like, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's not kid friendly. Obviously, can, right? I exactly. I, mean, I don't it's,
0: think it's anyone it's, friendly. <laughs> I hated it, but that's I'm not going to be. It that. isn't very kid friendly. <laughs> that is true.
3: I mean I like the when I want just mention about the Joker. I like the fact that he looked terrifying because the right. Joker looks very like scary to me now. He always scared
0: and me. And he as he should, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is the
2: first time that I looked at the Joker and I was like, you are actually legitimately crazy. Yeah, like, that's up, the first time? Yeah, I mean, up to that point. Wow, like, the, the you have is, a really I'm high wrong. tolerance for crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when we're looking at villains in the world, you know, you've always got people doing evil things in movies and in yeah. comic books and stuff. And yes, you know, there, there's a degree of crazy to all that. And I think this is the first time, though, that I've really seen that sort of crazy gleam in the Joker's yeah. eye, though. I'm, like, he's done some horrible things. So right. Don't get me wrong but this is i think the just like most batshit crazy thing that he's and, done and, and, this, and crazy
0: I, doesn't have to mean evil it's just like I this is this is, is crazy it. right and that will bring us right into our next segment all right so our next segment we just uh, and we just talked about a little bit is um one of my favorite story arcs of the uh gail simone batgirl which is the joker story arc uh, in which joker kidnaps her mother holds her for ransom and when uh, Batgirl shows up, uh, it turns out that the person who called her to the uh, place was not the Joker, who his, she had assumed to be. And uh, he wants to, her to marry him, um, and it gets all kind of crazy. So what, do you, what did you guys think about that storyline?
2: Um, well, this was part of the Death of the Family uh, crossover story with all the Batman titles at this point in the New 52 um, and th- this was actually one of, I think the better crossovers that I've seen in the Batman universe. Um, Joker is taken up a notch and you know, the whole thing with bringing back Barbara's brother and seeing these two complete psychos squared off against each other was really, really cool. The idea of the marriage to Batgirl girl, um, was, was very, very interesting. And I actually, I wrote a, a bit about that whole thing in the article on Joker and his whole role in the death of the family, um, in the article on our site. Um, but I think that, uh, it's very, very interesting seeing the way that Joker thinks of of women in this whole scenario. You know, he's he's looking to marry Batgirl, but the way he looks at marriage is that somebody in the relationship is now made into this this pet slave freak thing you know the, he he views marriage as a very negative thing and it plays out literally here where he's going to marry her he's going to cut off her arms and legs and he's going to leave her in the basement so that she can never run away because that's his fucked up view on love um, and that's like i think in terms of characterizing the joker this is one of the more powerful moments for me seeing the way not only that he thinks about batman but specifically relationships in general
0: how terrible he is oh yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah,
1: i don't think it speaks to like anything he actually thinks about relationships or marriage i think he just wants to like hurt her in a way that is like sexually geared honestly I, i i don't think there's any like implications of, oh, what's the Joker's rationale? Because the Joker doesn't have a rationale other than just wanting to think of ways to inflict the most pain on any given person. And the way that I see it, the way that he thinks he inflicts the most pain on Batgirl, because she's Batgirl and she is, like, to a lot of people, a lot of readers, the definitive girl power character in comic books, I think the way that he does that is through sexual control. And marriage is, historically speaking, a way that, a a ritual in which the father hands over sexual ownership of his daughter to a person who now is her husband and has sexual ownership of her. I don't think it's anything to do with his like thoughts on marriage and relationships because I don't think he has any of those.
3: Well,
2: I mean, this is a trend with the Joker, though. You know, you look at his relationship with Harley Quinn, and it was always the same exact kind of submissive dominant thing. You know, she is completely subservient. She's stuck in this sort of um, uh, what's the Stockholm syndrome right. relationship where she worships and adores him, and the only way that he can get a strong independent woman is by forcing Forcing her into this relationship and then cutting off any means of escape for her
1: but you say get as if it's something that he desires or seeks out he's not doing it to get Barbara Gordon he's doing it to get at Barbara Gordon and, and same thing with Harley Quinn I don't I, don't think, I, don't think I think he loves her. Right. Yeah. And I think relationship is never a term that should be used in conjunction with um with Joker and Harley because it's not. It's entirely one-sided. <laughs> yeah. no, we, we've gotten into this on, on podcasts in the past. True, yeah. And that's <laughs> what that's my point though. That's right.
2: exactly my point. Like that he his he's incapable of a real relationship, and that's entirely. how this plays out here. Sure. Yeah.
1: No, I definitely I definitely see with it on that point that he's incapable of a relationship. I just I guess maybe it was just a misunderstanding that I I, I saw it as if it was you were framing it as if it was a goal of his, but I think the ultimate oh, goal no, is no, really no. just our hurt her yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. he doesn't
2: right. have any he, he he's not going to get married he the, the only <laughs> yeah. relationship he desires is the relationship he has with batman
1: oh sure yeah, um, entirely oh you know what yeah i'll give you that he's got he's got a, a, some <laughs> notions of wanting somebody oh, but yeah. Really, yeah. I,
2: I, yeah i i i'm pretty sure that the joker is a uh, a character who at the very least is got some romantic intentions towards batman oh entirely um, yeah definitely and um i'm really curious to see how jared leto plays out with that character in the up- coming movie because i think that that's a territory that hasn't been explored with that mm. character yet and if they're starting to make this a bigger universe um in the cinematic version we've got a joker who should be around for a couple movies that should be able to play with that whole notion if he really decides to go in that direction with that's it that's a so.
0: really good point yeah he's totally in love with batman yeah oh yeah absolutely at least obsessed right, yeah. at yeah. least <laughs> So one of the points I wanted to bring up, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, Travis, was uh, when the Joker kidnapped her mother and held her in that skate rink. Uh, You know, you said you were pretty, you thought he was crazy. Like, it was one of the first times, like, and, you know, I've seen many portrayals of the Joker, but I've never, like, seen him as, like, this, "Ah, he's that terrible, or... I mean, he is, but never in a way where it made me, like, oh, dang, like, this guy is kind of shit scary right now. Like, you know, uh... It it was really kind of just a real crazy portrayal of the Joker. Like, what do you guys think of, of that?
3: Well, I think the part of what makes the Joker scary isn't like what he can do. It's just the, it's his mind. He's just right. so sick and demented. and He really got into her head, which is really frightening to, to just imagine that. You want to say something? Oh,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't want to stop you if you
3: want. Oh no, okay. So yeah, basically, I thought that was this. I as much I liked all the set, the uh, crossover event with the Death in the family, but I particularly like Batgirls a lot because it meant so much. Because the Joker and her have had like conflicts in the past with, you know, the, um, uh, the killing joke. So th- just having her face off against him again and just trying, it's like sort of like brought that story again of like her like go and go through PTSD exactly yeah. So now it's like she's uh, the final like b- battle against this. Like this is you're the one who caused me to go through all that horrible uh, that that horrible arc before, and now I'm I'm facing you again, better stronger this time.
1: Right. It wasn't only um it, it was well done because it a, a, a lot of you know what we were saying before about her th- seeing Batgirl deal with um the implications of Killing Joke rather than seeing Oracle deal with it. Um, this was a, a very interesting way to showcase that story um from a from a different perspective and um i thought it was it was um a really smart idea to put um especially i mean you know death of the family i'm sure wasn't conceived mainly for batgirl it was conceived mainly for all the bat titles together or for the batman main title whichever. but um i think that given that idea that this crossover had to happen somehow i think this was a really pivotal part of it and i i also in that regard would like to talk about um Jimmy Jr., her brother. I know that he right, like, yeah. appears sort of in the context of all this as well. And I actually, from time to time, depending on the incarnation and depending on which books um that he's been featured in, I found him like as terrifying as the Joker <laughs> in a lot of different contexts. I think that he's a character that, if we're talking about you know the Joker dealing with Batgirl and how that comes back to bite her, I-, I think that talking about her own family issues is also very important.
2: Well, and that's one of the cool things about her role in the Death of the Family is that the Death of the Family as the title, I would argue is not the death of Batman and the Bat family. I mean, that's something that the Joker wants to happen, but I think the real family that's dying is the family that Batman and Joker have created with their own sidekicks and um, you know villains as the whole thing has, has played out over the right, years. Right, what their
1: standard was. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but with Barbara, there is the threat of a death of her family. You know, Her mother is brought into the action. Her brother's brought into the action. And I totally agree with you. Um, James Gordon Jr. is up there on the level of the Joker for me. Um, w- in the uh, Black Mirror collection, he uh, is basically set up to be um, Dick Grayson's um, nemesis as Batman at that point, and and for me that kind of gave him Joker status. Um, that that book is just incredible. You got to read it if you are interested in the James Gordon Jr. character Seconded. at all.
0: I second that entirely. It's that fantastic. was one of my questions because I, I I didn't know much about her brother's like character or history, but I just you know when he offered. The Joker to shoot her like i was like whoa this is like you know so it really like was like wow this is your brother or your sister so
2: he's like just psychopathic to the bone like he he has every sociological disorder you could imagine basically he has no empathy sympathy he just doesn't feel the remorse of any negative action he does and so he just kind of lives free of conscience which sounds kind of cool but he takes it to an extreme with all this violence um he's He's really really a cool character and, and I know he's not the focus of what we're talking about right now but I mean he I could go on forever about <laughs> all of him um, but what else was really cool to me is that the beginning of uh, Barbara's role in the death of the family mirrors the beginning of her path in the new 52 you know where it starts out in issue you know 01 or you know if we're going a little earlier with an issue that actually was published later you know triple zero it's all about that moment where the uh, Joker appears at her door with his henchmen uh, mm-hmm and the death of the family kicks off with the same kind of thing. You know, Joker's henchmen appear to try to kidnap Barbara Gordon, but this time she's able to fight back, um, which touches on what Fabio was saying earlier. You know, now this time she's better. She's stronger. She's able to fight back and defeat these henchmen, which shows not only a growth from that in the killing joke, but this same exact thing happened earlier on in the New 52. So it shows character growth even within the issues of the New 52. You know, you're seeing this character grow and develop, um, which is always something that you want for your comic book characters. You want them to be able to grow and evolve as things are happening and this was a very natural evolution.
0: One last thing I wanted to mention was that when twice she was confronted with possibly killing someone just in that uh, one when, they, when the Joker's henchman broke into her apartment uh, and you know sh- she even said that if the guy had laughed like, she, like the Joker's henchman had before she might have pulled the trigger and then again when she had the gun to uh, Joker's head himself and you know what did you guys think about her decision ultimately not to do to commit murder pretty much?
1: Well, actually, um, Gail Simone has talked to this to talked at to this point um, a little bit here and there that that I've heard, which is to say that you know this is since she's not Oracle dealing with these problems. You know, Oracle she was she isolated herself so that was sort of her coping mechanism. Even though she was still very helpful and very strong in in getting past a lot of these issues, Batgirl doesn't have batgirl dealing with this doesn't have that coping mechanism um she's still in the action which is one of the reasons i say that this seeing this perspective on you know what would happen after killing joke is very interesting because batgirl's kind of she has a a much harder time with it which i guess is also one of the reasons why this book winds up being darker than her time as oracle post killing joke Um, she's still in the field she's still facing danger every day um, instead of just, you know, helping people get through it like she did as Oracle, there's so many possible things that can go wrong or set her off when she's in action that make this character so much more fragile and so much more difficult, which is why it seems like a regression at some times, even though it's more of an alternate. So this alternate view really does create a lot of problems, and I think that the fact that—I think the character's strength um, in this portrayal is less in coping and less in getting over these problems and moving on, and more in— Showing the absolute necessary restraint when she really is in a harder situation and has, like, nothing left. Some might not say a harder situation because she's not in, um, you know, she can still walk around and everything. But in all reality, one of the great things about Oracle was that she was written so positively. She was confined confined to a wheelchair, but she was so positive. That was such a big gain for the, you know, the paraplegic audience. Um, how, you know, this is a a strong character who's in this situation and is doing such good with it and is great and a a role model and so, so important. I think that she was stronger when she was like that because that wasn't shown to be a negative. So when we jump back to this point, it's more of a negative that she has these problems and is running around in the action, even though you would think, oh, she, you know, when she couldn't walk, that was worse. It's nonsense.
2: See, I I mean, I agree on a lot of your points, but there's certain things I disagree with. I definitely agree with the idea that, you know, as Oracle, she was very, very important for that paraplegic audience. She was, you know, somebody who could be looked up to and was a very positive example, like you said, of taking a negative situation and twisting it into a positive and being able to still help people and contribute ultimate good to the world. But I think, like you said, you know, now her role as Oracle, she was behind the scenes. She was isolated. She didn't face danger on a regular basis. And I think... That's the strength I'm talking about with Batgirl is she's got to find that strength to overcome facing a gun pointed at the same spot that could injure her again and start this whole process over and if it happens again you know there may be no coming back you know so i think the the psychological strength for her to face that danger that's already injured her and taken her to that place and and overcoming the the survivor's guilt is another big thing too because that was a major theme in some of the earlier story arcs was this idea of you know miracles and people who survive these miracles and whether or not they deserve it and you know, while the villain the mirror is trying to say that they don't, she's gotta find the strength within herself to believe that actually, yes, people do deserve these miracles to happen. Sometimes miracles just do, and we don't need to ask about why. And to to find that strength to, to kind of forgive herself for this miracle cure that helped her, that didn't help anybody else, um, and to, to get herself to not only say these words to Mirror, but to believe them herself, um, I think was a very cool thing to start off this character with in her first story arc. But yeah, I definitely see the, uh, your point in in... The progress that she made as Oracle was very pivotal uh, and and very, very positive. Um, But I just think that there's some very different struggles that the characters went through. And I think that, you know, it's maybe not necessarily that both characters are, that one is stronger than the other, but I think they both have a very, very great strength to them. Um, And I just think that at this point, like you said, you know, there's such a deviation, there's a regression, that they're such very different characters. It's really hard to make that comparison.
0: All right, and so we're, we'll get right into it. Uh, recently in Batgirl, there's been a uh, change of artist and writer, and uh, I can't actually remember the new writer's name. It's uh, Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, and Art by Bob Star. Thank you, You're Steve, welcome. and um, it's generated a lot of controversy, and, uh, and I'm on the side of the, I guess, controversy. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan. I think it's besides the art itself the art I think it's just not my taste but I can deal with that. I don't know if, it's it's hard to picture like the Joker in that kind of art style but I can deal with it. It's just the everything's wrong with it. Writing the it's too like it's it's like to me it's like a, a it's like a teenage girl's like life. It doesn't I'm so happy you said that. <laughs>
1: because I think that's why it's amazing. Um now so I'm going to get into a little bit of something here that sort of goes along with a lot of what I said in the previous podcast about Batgirl, is that I was very tired of the sameness in DC. who was trying to get... You know, the idea of the New 52 was to do things differently and to get more readership of different and varying kinds. But really, they wound up sticking with a lot of similarly toned and similarly drawn types of books. Now, as anyone with any logical skill whatsoever can tell, that probably will not give you a very varied audience. So... What I love about Batgirl is that uh, the, the revamp in issue 35, and I, I love all of the stuff before it too, but the the what I love about the revamp in issue 35 is that it gets back to what I perceive to be the core of Batgirl as a character. Um, there's a lot of post-killing joke stuff back when everything was getting super edgy that made everything else that we've talked about in this podcast important. But I think that Batgirl as a character, back in the swashbuckling superhero days in the Silver Age and back in even like the Adam West TV show, Batgirl as a character was always the ultimate epitome of of girl power, the ultimate epitome of a fun character who is saying girls can do it too, girls can be superheroes, and not only girls can be superheroes in the paradigm of a male superhero, but girls can be their own kind of girly superhero, which is a nothing that dc had been doing at all with the new 52 and that i think josh is perfectly reasonable why you don't like it because it's not catering to your tastes right. but i think that if we're looking at it in terms of um dc trying to expand um and also me personally i i love it me personally even though i might not be the intended audience um if we're looking at it in terms of writing or art or anything. It's not a failure whatsoever. It's well written. It's well drawn. It just might not be certain people's style, and that made a lot of people really angry. Right. See.
2: So oh, sorry. Go yeah,
0: ahead. I was just gonna say it, I don't feel like it's the writing is like terrible in it of itself, but it's just terrible in the fact that uh, she's not h- handling issues that are like important to me. Well, I'm going to take
1: you on on that too. But I disagree Thomas, Thomas had a point. Oh
0: yeah,
2: that, that you can go fine. ahead. That's fine. Um, for me, I mean, I, I spoke about this earlier, it's the the deviation in the art was what bothered me. I mean, the art itself is very well drawn. Um, it's just not necessarily the style I want. It's, it's borderline between like Archie and Disney characters at certain points. Like I look at the eyes of uh, Babs on certain pages and it's, yeah, I mean, she does look almost like a Disney princess at
1: Well, times. it's anime-influenced as
2: well. Uh, and and yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely bleeds through. Um, Manga, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, either way, I, I, and I think I can see where Josh is coming from. I mean, you look at issue number 35, and it's two-thirds of the way into the issue before she is Batgirl, and then she's out of that costume, like, six pages later she spends so much more of the Batgirl title from issue 35 on as Babs than she does as Batgirl so like I I almost feel like the title should be called Barbara Gordon instead <laughs> of being called Batgirl I mean and she's doing uh you know some good stuff as Batgirl and that's not always the case that she is Batgirl for the minority of the issue there's issues where she spends about half and half but I, I don't think that this is um as as Batgirl heavy as the earlier issues in the new 52 were um which like josh was saying you know you get a lot more of you know this is the life of a teenage girl which you know whatever that's that's fine it's just not necessarily what i'm looking for in a superhero comic but i can see where the audience would be for that you know if i was a teenage girl i would probably be very enthusiastic that this character is going through the same kind of things with friends and whatever that i'm going through um but i'm not so i'm not
0: And, and i'm not saying that it i'm not saying that it appeals to teenage girls i don't want to make that statement uh, I think it does. I mean, and I think it does, but I, I don't want say like that's what I think of it. Uh, like it definitely can appeal to anyone. Um, I just feel like what I'm seeing is in the mind of a teenage girl, and that's kind of the problem is like I don't want to hear about boy problems. Like it, it should be called Barbara Gordon, but I sh- I want to add it should be called Barbara Gordon in the Sunday Funnies. <laughs> like you know, because it's her dealing with like some random guy at a, at a party. She's at like with and like getting coffee. Um, you know, fighting privacy invaders like I what? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I
3: don't, well, the thing I feel was that um, yet yeah, like what we were saying before, like how before um in the previous titles with Batman with Batgirl, she was very similar. They all were very dark. And right. that appealed to us because that's what we like. We like that's seeing That's not that. what I like. Oh, oh, no, no. Which is why I was saying it. Right. not, not like <laughs> when, they, when they, they revamped it with this, but it's much more vibrant with the colors and the the issues that she's dealing with. I can I'm not saying it's not meant for teenage girls, but I can see a teenage girl looking at this saying, Oh wow, this looks really interesting. I'm gonna check this out. Right, yeah. And they can relate to it better.
1: Okay, I okay, so here's where I'm jumping off. And Josh, this is not directed at you. No, it's fine. This is directed at a lot of a, a lot of general fan baseness, but not directed at anyone in this room in particular. But, but if this book is not if you're not the target audience of this book so you don't like it tough shit there is every single other dc book on the shelf that has the same exact style and if that's what you like buy that book if you want to say that this book is terrible and sets a bad example and this that and the other thing you're just concerned, and obviously not you. Right, right. You're just con- self-conscious that you don't get it, and you're uncomfortable that there's somebody else in this medium who are fans that are not you and have the same sensibilities of you. I'm sorry, but if you don't want to pick up this book, don't buy it. Um, I think it's a fantastic book, and I think it's it's well. You can't just decide that the art or the writing is bad just because it's not your style. I think it's it's the art is expressive and vibrant and and deep and so good at showing a different side of life. Up, up, happy enjoyable side of life besides one that's just grim and dark and I think that in the writing the problems that she tackles are very important because you can say in a you know in the previous backer run oh hey look it's the Joker this is a real problem he's killing people and that ramps up the drama and I agree right. with you 100% but if you're going to say that invasions of privacy are not a real problem that she's not tackling real problems look at the world around you I that mean, is more that is a more real problem real... than some psycho who cut his face <laughs> wait, off wait you okay. didn't
2: see the Joker on the news last night? <laughs> no I, I agree with you almost entirely um i i definitely see the value in the art like i said it's just not really my style and i think that's kind of where the nature of my complaint is is i i really did enjoy the new 52 style and i loved what was going on with batgirl and i have no problem with this being a thing with with the new issues and revamps and the new style and all that but i i I feel like I've, I'm have i a little upset that I lose out on the style and character as yes. I knew and enjoyed it. And, so and see, I almost wish that this was like its own alternate title, but we could still continue on with the other title as well.
0: Exactly. See, I, that's what I, like, as a separate title, this would have been fine. It's it's the change from what the Batgirl fans already were, are, like, into and reading, and it was doing well, you know, so it wasn't like it was getting inward that bad, and, like, all of a sudden, in, into this, like I think it's a change definitely throws you lose your audience that was originally there for
2: right. And, and you're going to gain, an you know, some audience and you know, some people who like this better than the previous one, which is totally fine. It's just for people who did enjoy the previous one, you know, you lose some of that audience, like Josh is saying. And and I, for one, felt like this was not really the style that I was particularly looking for. Um, which you know, whatever. There's plenty of Batman titles for me to follow. <laughs> Batgirl wasn't even one of the ones that i was following very closely in the first place so i'm not like ultimately very impacted um but i did enjoy the earlier batgirl style and that was one that i you know i'm gonna miss basically is what it comes down to
1: right there's but um i agree with you and there's one um but there's one group that's not mentioned out of out of the groups that have been discussed. It seems like a very one-sided question when you say, oh, so now there are fans that you lose. And you take in some new fans, but there are fans that you lose because they liked Batgirl before issue 35. Right. That discounts the entire fan base, and I know there's a lot of them, I know a lot of them personally, who dropped off of Batgirl in the New 52 because they didn't like that version. They liked the pre-New 52 version.
2: That's a good point. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So to say that it's just, you're there's an entire group excluded from that conversation if you're just going to say, oh, you know, you're going to get new fans, but you're going to lose the old ones. Well, what about the ones who were already lost and now are coming back? I mean, that's True. yeah i think there's into, I, I think there's um no justification for saying oh well you're going to lose fans because to say that those other fans who had dropped off are less true than the ones who liked the new 52 one is also not true i mean if you if oh, people yeah. want to say that like oh man all these new people that are going to get into comics now are not true fans i have infinite problems with that but there's a certain point where you can say okay these these are people who weren't following the character so you might alienate people who were following the character right but i think that this is actually bringing back people who had followed the character
2: Well, and that's one of the things that I'm very curious about, because the new Batgirl redesign, you know, while it is a deviation from the new 52 in terms of style, is not a deviation from the new 52 in terms of major continuity. So the people who were, you know, not a big fan of the new 52 at its relaunch and who fell off, you know, I'm not seeing changes that are big enough that would necessarily warrant bringing them back in. This this new redesign of Batgirl didn't put Barbara back in the wheelchair and didn't make her back into the Oracle that they knew when the new 52 was rebooted but at the same token you know this is a new title this is going to bring in some of the people who did
0: yeah I mean she um, moved you know replaced her, her roommate Right, yeah. That was like a main thing. Actually. I mean,
2: I'm am just saying that like yes, there is a portion of people who did not like the new 52 when they started, but I don't see the changes in issue 35 versus issues 1 through 34 as necessarily much of a return to anything pre-new 52 that would in particular draw that audience back.
1: I think it is. I think um it's a I think it's a return to character. I think that just as we were saying before throughout this entire podcast that This Batgirl that we're seeing in the New 52 is damaged in a way that the previous one wasn't. And this is, I think, more akin to, as I said, the old Batgirl, where a lot of people started to like her, whether that's from, like, the animated series. I think this character is so much more like Batgirl from the animated series than the the original New 52 Batgirl was. That was so much darker. And, you know, if you came to love this character because of a a different media interpretation rather than comics that doesn't make you less of a fan... I honestly think that this is more of a return to form, not only in style, but in meaning, because I think that this character, um, I think that Batgirl means a lot more when she is able to be a girl, not just, oh, this is like a, you know, a hero with no personality as a person. She's, you know, has these PTSD problems that are getting in the way and all this other stuff. It makes her unrelatable. And I think one of the things that kept so many people interested in, in Batgirl was that she was... Really relatable, and especially to a female audience, to characters who, are, you know, who didn't have characters to relate to in that direct way. Who didn't have their own, you know, if you say Peter Parker's the male power fantasy that you can beat up all your villains and go get the girl, you want to equate a pe- a female power fantasy to that? It might be something more along the lines of this character who can have her own apartment and be smarter than all the boys and go beat up dirtbags who invade people's privacy. I honestly think that this is a necessary series if you want to if, if you want to actually showcase case other kinds of super heroics
2: yeah but at the same token all the things that you're saying i think were just as true in the new 52 i think it just is a difference of style i I think it just comes down to the the art the, the the dark and the gritty and the bloody and the violent versus you know you're right this is much brighter chippier happier like i was saying there's almost like a disney sort of feeling to it at times um in terms of the art style but i think that like in terms of the character itself i don't i don't really see much of a change in the character in in terms of the style the yes there's a very great deviation and you know the, some of the style might draw in more people i just don't think that the character itself is all that different from issues 1 through 34 and then from 35 on I think that, you know, yes, she's no longer dealing with those issues she was early on with, you know, trying to confront her uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and and all that, but I think that that's just character growth. She already confronted those issues. She's moved past them. You know, she doesn't have to keep being hung up on them, you know, and and the fact that she's moving forward, you know, that's, like I said, that's just the character itself. That that character is evolution of character. I don't see that as a return to pre-New 52 form.
1: But if if evolution and return means difference then yes it is a different character
2: yeah but it's not the same character it was before the new 52
1: it was it's it's more similar to the character she was before the killing joke
2: before the killing joke sure yeah right. okay now i'll, I'll saying, give you that right. All right. yeah yeah okay <laughs> I, I was I'm just saying. like i'm i was hung up before the new 52 yeah. reboot and i was like those are very very different characters one's a strong independent oh, woman sure. in a wheelchair yeah okay all right now uh, now we're on the same right. page all I mean, right i mean, I
0: mean I, and just real quick, I, I don't want to say she's not really unrelatable. I think it depends on who is relating to her, right? People with PTSD can definitely relate. I'm to, um, sure. To, but what were you saying, Bobby? Oh,
3: I was gonna ask uh, Travis. So you were saying that um, she has moved on, and they with the new, the revamped, like she's moved on from their PTSD, and then she's like now she's not dealing with it as much anymore.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's not as major of a theme as it had been, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, But do you think if they continued with the style that they had before, it would be, how would you think that would go about? Like, it's a totally different style this time around that we're dealing with it. So how do you think it would be if they continued with the previous style?
2: Well, I think that they had a plethora of stuff for her to deal with in her own family and, you know, in her romantic relationships as it was. You know, they, they were, there was an element of romance, there was the element of, you know, sort of like, not not really like the the, the school setting that we're seeing in this new one. Um, but I think that she had enough to deal with. I don't think that, you know, if, if it had continued, I, I still think she had confronted those issues. I still think she had overcome them. You know, that battle with the Joker, I think, was a very symbolic thing where she overcame that moment in her life. And and defeating the Joker and fighting against him was and standing up for herself is that way that she was able to show you know, yes, this is something that I've now not only moved past, but conquered. And so I don't think that that was something they would have had to continue revisiting. I think, you know, her issues with her mother, with her brother, that right there was something that could have carried me through, I don't know how any more issues, but I am i mean, like I said, I'm a huge James Gordon Jr. fan. So. <laughs> or maybe fan
1: is the wrong word. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I know. I know there was um, aside from you know the the villains that she fight fights. I know there was another couple issues that you had with it. I think one of my questions um, that I had on there kind of goes to it. Of um, there was a lot of fan outcry and um, afterwards after this first issue came out that um, Barbara Gordon is not in this new context is not a very good hero. Um, not only because oh she's not really fighting great villains, but also because you know she's going and you know like getting drunk with her friends and being hung over the next time and is this really the kind of character we want to be showing young girls when we right. when we switch uh, that's to a good point yeah yeah no I, I i had heard there was a lot of a lot of fan backlash about that um which again i am going to say tough shit yeah. um personally because i think that um you know if you can show like super if you can show like batman beating the crap out of people because that's his vendetta I don't think that's any less negative than a girl of legal drinking age wanting to have wanting to drink and have consensual consensual sex with people. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I mean that. I don't. I don't see the problem. Um,
1: I just felt it needed to be addressed. Oh yeah, you it know? should be addressed. I, yeah, I definitely. Think, I definitely
0: think yeah, yeah. Pe- people who are hung up on that, is just because people are killing people, and so it's like yeah,
1: it's it's fear of youth more than anything. It's, yeah. oh well, you know, is this the message we want to send out to young girls? Right. Like oh, is you know. Oh, you need to beat criminals to a bloody pulp, the message you want to send out to young boys. I really don't think so. Let's
2: be honest here. Comics don't have nearly as wide of an audience as television, movies, music videos have. And that's a message that is much more strongly portrayed (laughs) in every one of those mediums than it is in comic books. Without a doubt. Um, I, I think that to look at this character and to pick apart the faults and say that's not something a hero would do is to make the definition of everyone's hero your definition of a hero. And, and the defini- the, uh, a hero and a model or a role model are different people. You know, a role model, someone that you should base your life decisions on in every aspect, yeah, that's great. Heroes have flaws, and that's one of the things that makes them heroic, because they overcome those flaws. And, and even, I, I don't even see drinking at, a, at the legal age and having consensual sex as flaws. I no. see those as, you know, reality. That's what people do. This is a way to ground this character, make her relatable. Oh, that's something that <laughs> people are actually going, I've, I've gotten drunk before. You know, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, that's not some that should alienate an audience that's something that you know if, if you are reading these comic books and you have no knowledge of those things like yes I could understand that being damaging but most of the comic book audience that's picking this up at this point in time is old enough to understand getting drunk at the legal age and having consensual sex with someone that they are into you know like and either way Somebody having a life and being a real character shouldn't be any reason for them to not be looked up to as a role model. Right. If anything, this is giving people a more realistic role model to look up to. This is a person who, you know, not not even gives in into temptation. This is a person who just has fun, who enjoys yeah. life, and but those also are does some things, really though. good things. And yeah,
0: I, yeah. And like, I guess as, as a final point, I just, like, I agree. You know, you should definitely. I would like to see Batman get drunk, like that's, that. <laughs> know, like, but I'm saying it's something you don't see, like right? Sure. Like, there's no way Bruce Wayne just doesn't all day. It's just Batman. Doesn't so. he always have fake drinks though at parties? Isn't yeah, that he right? always yeah. has like seltzer water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, like, so, what does Bruce Wayne do for fun? He just beats up criminals. Like, you're, yeah, you're that's insane. what he does like, for fun. You're insane. And, but, and how is
1: that worse? Right. And so like, it's like or, and, I'm sorry. How and, is that better? Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and so like I get, you know, I I definitely want that, but I guess my overall like I guess ultimate problem with the new way it's going is that I don't see like the story like where does it go where do we go from here right because it's hard like when we when she's like okay she every she's dealing with everyday stuff it's like i can read anything for that but i want to read about more serious stuff and and i guess there's a change i mean i guess you know you could say switch to a different comic but (laughs) but i mean it's a valid point that's uh, that's
1: like the that's like the final resort you want to talk about the actual pathos of these things I, i i think that um that's actually a good point Um, In terms of, you know, where does the story go? And that goes back to heroic flaws that Travis was talking about, I think, as well. Um, You know, a lot of people who had that problem, I I wanted to sort of use this as a preface, who had problems with her actions as being non-heroic, are they later validated when she begins to seek attention so dramatically um, through, you know, being Batgirl in, in social media, sort of, you know. Taking selfies with criminals that she just beat up and and things like that, which is, you know, a character flaw of hers that is addressed. I actually think that's a good place for that. We can answer that question with where does the story go? It's the personal development of the cal- character having her sort of develop flaws in this new persona and then try to tackle those flaws.
2: But I think what Josh is looking for in terms of story is not individual, like, like that's, her, that's a personal story for Barbara Gordon. Sure. But the, the specifics of how that happens, that she tackles those flaws, the specifics of how does that flaw become such a problem in the long term? That she has to face it. I think that's where we don't really get to see. We don't see one theme developing across this. We don't see one villain who's pulling the strings behind the scenes. There's not a unification between each issue that shows me an overall storyline going across it. There
1: is, though. They don't... I mean, they haven't named the villain yet, but there's a person... Like, in the end of the last issue that we read, there's somebody who's... Taking on Batgirl's identity, yeah, and there that's is been, someone
2: who's been
0: right. Yeah. That's
1: been a thread throughout the entire story. Uh, every that's single,
0: something that I've missed. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, every I, I single mean,
1: villain has been motivated by some overarching villain that they have not yet revealed. Okay. I mean,
0: there is a story there. I, I don't like. There's no story, but I just feel like the ultimate continuity is just kind of broken in the whole like DC universe. I guess.
1: Well, no, I get what you're saying. It feels small.
0: Right, it feels small. Um,
1: and I think to a certain extent, um, that's that's definitely a legitimate criticism that it feels small. That there's, you know people a lot and especially in comics people want big giant earth shattering fights um i'm personally again i'm not into that i like that i like it when there's a human side to things and i think that that's good for dc to break into yeah because i i i know that that's more been marvel's territory in it historically at least they've been more of just like the you know, the Marvel style is your personal issues along with your superhero issues. And I, I kind of like that. It seems it seems more relatable. It seems more grounded. It just, to me, it, I think it makes a better story.
2: I think the New 52 was a, a great undertaking for DC, but I think that they limited their audience overall. And I think that they were focused too much on the large scale to the point that it became a problem. Because if every title's united and you've got seven titles devoted to Batman and five titles devoted to Superman, there's no way you can keep that continuity going Across all of them, especially when you're having one yearly major event that unites all the titles, right? And and that's where I think this move is very very good for DC. A, it brings back an in a new audience. B, bringing it back down to a smaller scale. It, it's more like that street justice podcast that we did a while back, you know, where we're talking about Daredevil and Luke Cage, you know, yes they're dealing with smaller scale problems but that doesn't make those issues any less important, it doesn't make those issues any less poignant or uh, topical, you know, to today and and I think that because that she's uh, dealing with things on a smaller scale it helps her to be an independent title she's no longer depending on what else is going on in the new 52 right now and what role do I need to play in those you know, the, the death of the family story line while she did play a great part in that and while her issues in that were very interesting and had a lot of cool things happen she doesn't have to depend on all right well this month batman is doing this so now i have to feed into that you know and and i'm sure you know dc being what it is will probably have that happen every now and then but she doesn't need to be focusing her time on those large-scale problems which i think is ultimately good for the character because you don't need to follow every dc new 52 title in order to read her book which I don't think was, like, a huge problem. Um, she had her own individual storylines in the New 52, but she also did have a lot of her titles devoted to these crossovers, which it's, you, it's hard to maintain a, an individual character continuity when every three, four issues need to be devoted to what somebody else is doing in this universe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I th- that, that lends itself to the accessibility of the book. Um, I think that's important. I think that's very important. Um, especially if you're trying to cater to new readers and tap into a new audience, and I'm personally just excited to see where it goes with the rest of DC's new books. There's some announcements I'm really excited about, and I think that uh, this was a good herald of that age.
2: Yeah, it, it, that's what this book really felt like. Was I, th- I think the the trigger that DC needed to go? Oh, wait a minute, doing <laughs> doing other things besides it's... everything being the same will bring in new people. Oh my gosh, what a thought. (laughs) Um, I, for one, am really curious to see what goes on with We Are Robin. Um, Oh yeah, that looks interesting. There's a lot of new titles coming out that look really cool, but that's one I'm particularly excited for.
0: So, any last thoughts on Batgirl?
2: Um, I mean, I loved Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. I loved her as Batgirl back before she got paralyzed i loved her back in the costume in the new 52 um i i feel like i'm very much the audience the new 52 was geared towards and you know now that the new 52 label is ending i'm gonna be trying to make sure that i pick up every trade paperback i can of the batman ones so that i have the cole collection because i'm like that (laughs) um but the the newer version while it's very very high quality it's not necessarily what i personally am looking for it's still a great title she's still a great character um i mean putting her up there as one of the top comic characters of all time is not a stretch she's certainly one of my favorite female characters of all time and she's strong she's independent she's smart she's everything that you know i could imagine you know looking up to um and i i mean there's a lot of aspects of her that i do look up to so I mean, as a character, I think she's extremely important, not only as a character in the DC universe, but as a character within our universe for people to read and look up to. I think she she's a very, very great role model. And I don't think that the new fifty two was necessarily everything that it needed to be to represent her fully.
0: That was a very good eulogy, Chad. <laughs> uh
2: may she rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so
3: yeah, but Jarvis pretty much said um Everything, so yeah, I, I really do like Barbara Gordon, especially as Batgirl, but I did like her a lot more as Oracle because I just like the fact that she didn't let a traumatic event stop her from still helping the Bat family and being a really good asset to the team. Uh, but I, I personally do like what they've done with this new revamp because it makes—I like the, I, I know we, we were talking about how— every every fan wants to see this big huge earth shattering event but i like what's more grounded and more personal when it's happening on just street level things because that's where it started that's how batman was and that's how all those titles were in the beginning and we moved into getting bigger so i'd like to see us go back to that so i personally do i really do like the character i really look forward to see where they're going to go with this whether or not they're going to continue having barbara gordon as back or if they're going to try to change that but i hope they do and i hope to see more barbara gordon in the future
1: i guess my closing statements as well (laughs) um I don't know. I ranted enough on this the in terms of clo- in terms of statements about this book. <laughs> yeah. Um I, at the end of the day, I guess, you know, unlike you Travis, I was not the target audience for the new 52 at all. Um I had a lot of problems with it when it first kicked off. Um a lot of which stemmed from the lack of variety and um I am really excited to see this new bad girl. I'm really excited to see these new DC titles and um I think I, 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 you know, ranted enough about why I think it's good. I just I think it's a fantastic series for a less trad for, for a less traditional audience, but at the same time I think that there's a lot of traditional fans who if they gave it a chance would find a lot of good in this book.
0: Yeah, I just want to say ultimately as a fan I was a little disappointed. still think it's legit though. I don't think anyone who are new fans are uh, not true fans though. That's too hipster even for me. Uh, <laughs> too hipster even for Batgirl of Burnside. Yeah, exactly. Of <laughs> uh, Burnside, which is wow. <laughs> much I was like, wow. Well, it's Greenpoint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Anyways, so that concludes our podcast on uh, Batgirl.